0: What's up, everybody? Back at you again with another episode of 525 Sports with our good buddy Cameron Snyder this week. What's up, Cam? Say hello to the people.
1: Hello, people. It's good to be back. Um, I am back from my two-week hiatus. Has it been two weeks?
0: I feel like it's been three.
1: I feel like it's been three. I think it's been two, but um, great news. The reason I've been gone, my wife and I welcomed in our beautiful daughter. Yay! Catherine Louise into the world she was born on the 13th uh nine pounds one ounce 22 inches long she is a fat happy baby we're home we're doing great but uh yeah I'm ready and raring to get back to podcasting sorry for making you carry the load ace the last couple of uh, go-arounds I know it gets heavy without me
0: dude it has been brutal without you but let's get into it man uh So, we got some. I want to get the not so good news out of the way first. Um, Okay. Things are looking bleak for uh, KU Hoops, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Three level one violations. Is that right? Is it three?
1: Three level ones and a level two violation.
0: Right. So, basically, what that all means is, from what I understand, is that each level one violation carry a ban of one to five years uh, to the NCAA tournament as well as scholarship reductions and I've had a few uh, days to digest this as you have in the first camp I sort of thought uh, oh no KU's done they're getting a for sure tournament ban and then I sort of relaxed on that a little bit and then I heard the Georgia Tech news today that they're yeah. from the tournament And then my my alert went way back up. So uh, what are you thinking? I sort of broke this into three tiers, and I'll get into that in a minute.
1: So my initial reaction was, like, yours, oh, crap. Um, Bill Self is on a sinking ship. Um, There's no way that they're going to get out of this. But, you know, looking at it from big picture, if one of the level one violations has to deal with Billy Preston, then that should be a non-issue because he never played a game for the university of Kansas. He played one, he played in an exhibition game. So that really doesn't count. He he never stepped on the court in a regular season uh, NCAA sanctioned game. The second one would be Silvio de Sosa. And, the NCAA has already cleared him to play. He did his time of serving his one-year suspension, but NCAA has said he is now an eligible player. Even though he did, or not him, his guardian received improper benefits on his behalf without him knowing. Now, all that said, with the the Georgia Tech news coming out today, I think it's inevitable that KU faces at least a one-season postseason ban. Um, I think that if if we're doing overreaction, um, I think that the 2018 final four is going to be stripped. I think the, um, the big 12 championship that they won with Silvio De Sosa on the squad is going to be taken away. And I think that Bill Self is going to face some sort of suspension.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I, Originally I had this sort of broken into three tiers and the tiers that I had were tier one were things that were going to happen that were inevitably going to happen. And to me that was a scholarship reduction and a one year showcase ban for uh, bill self, which means that he can't, or so-called, which means that he can't coach for a year. To me, that's a, a certainty. Um, which I also think could happen to, um, Curtis Townsend. I, right. I think he could be, he could be, uh, uh, sent packing for a year as well. And he's sort of their lead assistant. Uh, the tier two is, were things that are probable. So like 70 to 80% chance of them happening, um, would be like final fours vacated, big 12 titles vacated. um, and then originally, uh, Tier 3 was going to be things that like 50-50. And I sort of had the 50-50 as a tournament band. But seeing the Georgia Tech news today, uh, that, you know, that falls back into Tier 2. I'm not going to say that it's inevitable, but I think that it's very, very possible. Uh,
1: I, I don't see how they wouldn't take the Final Four away.
0: No, no, no. Because I'm talking about a s- tournament, ban. tournament ban. Oh,
1: tournament ban, yeah.
0: I, I don't I won't I won't go as far as to say that it's certain a certainty, but it's very, very likely.
1: Did you see like the details on Georgia Tech's level one violation? Like no. what it entailed? No, I did not So I can't remember who I read this on who I read this from uh on Twitter, but it was essentially Jarrett Jack taking I think it was um, hey, as a kid who eventually went on to play, uh, at Duke, what wait. wait, wait, took
0: wait. This... Jared Jack, the guy that beat KU out in the Elite Eight fifteen 15 years ago?
1: Yep, Jared Jack took, um, I want to say it was uh, Wendell Carter out to a strip club and paid for the whole entire thing. And yeah, and Wendell Carter eventually went on to play at Duke. So he, Wendell Carter received these quote improper benefits, right? But very
0: improper, v- very
1: improper. Uh, depending on what what the what circles you run in, but since uh they, I can't remember. I got. I'll have to look up the tweet and I'll uh, I'll retweet it. But it was had something to do with Wendell Carter, and I guess Coach Pastor knew about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm just ready for this. I hate saying it. I'm ready for it to be over. And I know it's not anywhere close to being over for KU because they've got 90 days to appeal the notice of allegations. And my guess is they will appeal it on the 89th day. And then the NCAA has a certain amount of time to um, address the appeal. And we know how the NCAA works. They're not going to do that overnight or two day shipping. They're not Amazon. So they're going to take their entire time to get that done. So it can very well be. We're
0: looking like, at two years here, probably. Uh,
1: I would say, I would say nine months to a year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say at, two years. But least. they're gonna, they're gonna fight it tooth and nail. At Ku least. is for sure. But I really hope, it, like, if Ku gets totally nailed, it's not gonna happen because I don't think the NCAA is gonna use more resources on it. I hope it, yeah, everybody gets nailed who's done something to the effect that KU's done. Because every single arrow points to this happening at Duke, this happening at uh, North Carolina, this happening at Arizona and other big schools. Well, so it's not. on tape. I know. LSU's, on, LSU's copes on tape as well. So maybe KU's going to be the only one that gets nailed and everyone else just wipes their brow and says, Glad it wasn't us that got caught, but I don't know. We'll see what, happen. Here's we'll thing. See what happens. Here's
0: the thing, Cam. North Carolina faced academic fraud um, for over a decade and got a slap on the wrist. I know that North Carolina, or that the NCAA, excuse me, wants to make an example out of KU. Um, I don't. I don't know that they can't because – uh, if you're going to take KU out, then you've got to take out Arizona. You've got to take out LSU. You've probably got to take out Duke. And there goes all your turn- all your revenue from your tournament. Oh,
1: uh, uh, the the show will go on. It the will. show will go on without KU.
0: It will. It will. You're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is you got to take out other Blue Bloods too, you know? It can't. Yeah. If you're gonna take out KU, that's fine, but it's got other teams got to take a fall too. So my but, last my last question, then we'll move on because we're already running long. Is if KU were to fire Bill Self, would that help KU's cause?
1: No, absolutely not, because they've got TJ Gasnola on wiretap. They've got text messages between Bill Self and TJ Gasnola. I mean, it's all right there. Firing the coach doesn't, like, wipe away the sins right. of of the past. Right. I mean, they could bring in, like, the equivalent of basketball's Turner Gill, like a holier-than-thou individual, oh. and is still going to be like, well, no, you did this, 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 and this. Right. I mean, I just think KU is, I don't want to say wrong place, wrong time, but TJ Gasanola got wiretapped they've got it all on record. So yeah, I think that's just going to, yeah. uh, that's just going to be, uh, what happens. Yeah, so King's,
0: let's. King's going to fight it, but it doesn't look like they have much of a leg to stand on at this point. Um,
1: let's, let's move on. Let's
0: move on, man. Uh, another sad day for Royals fans, Ned Yost retired. Uh, he announced his retirement. You called this not very long ago, that he would retire at the end of the year. And that, um, Oh, Mike Matheny would, would come in and replace the Royals. What is a Ned Yost lasting legacy to you,
1: Cam? Uh, to me, Ned Yost's lasting legacy, this is obvious, uh, back-to-back American League champs, 2015 World Series champ. Um, he helped bring along Mike Moustakas, bring along Eric Hosmer. Um, it was just like... I don't know. He, he's the – I don't want to say he's the face of the Royals because I think the players are the face of a franchise more than a manager. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like fathered them along. He and Dayton Moore fathered the organization along into a, a mature group of veterans, uh-huh. not the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed rookies that Hosmer and Moustakis once were. Um, and he's going to go down as the all time greatest manager in Royals history, he's got the most wins all time uh, of any manager in club history. I think his number should be retired. I don't think anybody else should wear the number three. Um, I mean, if Dick Houser has his number retired and he won a world series with the ball clubs and I think Ned Yost should have his number retired as well. Um, So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if that happens.
0: Yeah. Um, are you telling me that Ned Yost is a better manager than Buddy Bell?
1: Yes, I am. That's what, that's and, and Tony Muser and Trey Hillman, and uh, and Tony Payne. Yep. Yeah, yep. You hit that on the head. And I think I think it's a good thing that it's happening this year, especially with this with the sale of the team to uh, John Sherman and company. Uh, it'll just be uh, a fresh start all the way around. I think yeah. Dayton Dayton Moore is going to stay, but. I think a new manager with a new owner um, with, I guess, I don't want to say a new core put in place because I don't think the new core is totally put in place yet. But I think the club is going in the, the right direction despite having over 100 losses for the second straight year.
0: I do too. Um, I, they've got some good young pieces of place. It's kind of like when, you know, Moose and Hosmer and those guys were young. They took their lump, you know, as young players. And, uh, and they built it up and became really good. I think they've got some cornerstone pieces to do that now. So we'll see what happens in the future.
1: I still think they're a few years away. I know
0: absolutely th-
1: those who are optimistic say it's going to be 2021 or 2022. You know, in all honesty, if they were to do this the right way, and people are going to scream at me through the internet, um, they would trade Jorge Soler and they would trade with Merrifield to get tons of prospects for him. So Lair's had a monster year. 45 home runs. Um, he's batting 260. His slug is uh, 555. He's got an OPS of 907. I mean, and he's played in every game. He has played in every single game, and that's never happened in his career. His previous uh, high for games played in the season was 101. Right. Other than that, he's been under ninety every single season. In his first two years with Kansas City, he played thirty-five in seventeen, and sixty-one in eighteen. So, I mean, you could trade him off. He's still got a lot of control. Um, he's signed through twenty twenty. I think you get a lot of pieces for him.
0: Yeah, I. You know, I. It's, it's, so leads the American League in home runs. Right.
1: That's correct. Okay. What, you got, what you got going on in the background there? You got the marching I, Cobras or something?
0: I was going to say, if you guys hear marching band music in the background, it is uh, my wife and I are at a parade.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, a homecoming parade for Derby High School. They have their homecoming uh, game tomorrow against Bishop Carroll.
1: Go Wildcats.
0: And, uh, go is Wildcats. Derby,
1: is Derby the Wildcats? They're the Panthers. 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 Close. Both of them are cats. Large cat.
0: Uh, so I'm sitting in the car watching the parade from the car while my wife is down on the, on the uh, grassy area watching it. Uh, Look
1: at the commitment of one ace,
0: Finch. I know, right? I am dedicated to our show. Uh, I, thought Unlike- the, I thought the parade was at 7, and, and it turned out it's at 6. So I found that out like 10 minutes before we were supposed to record. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't have much of a chance to, to get, it, get to you and ask you if we could re- reschedule. But, uh, so we, we figured out a compromise. But let's keep going, man. Um, so I do apologize if you guys hear marching band music in the background today. Plus, I brought my headphones, but, but uh, my headphones didn't work. That's why Cameron and I had to restart it twice. <laughs> but
1: they, they didn't know that.
0: No, they didn't know that.
1: So, we're moving on to KU football is what he's saying.
0: Yeah, man, we're a football school now.
1: Yeah, yeah. right.
0: Obviously. I... All right, so KU's 2-2. Uh, should be 4-0. They should have won last week against <laughs> West Virginia, <laughs> and they definitely should have beaten Coastal Carolina. But they look better. They look like a confident football team that can compete in Big 12 games. And I think, Cam, in every game but Texas and Oklahoma, they'll have, uh, some really close football games this year. I think it's possible, and I texted my brother this, they've got TCU coming up this week, and then they've got Oklahoma and Texas, which will both be losses, albeit Memorial Stadium for that Oklahoma game. Uh, and then they've got uh, Texas Tech at home, which is winnable. So going yes. into the, So going into the K-State game, they could be four for work if everything goes right in Fort Worth this weekend, I think that's a winnable game, frankly. Uh, I thought
1: than, I thought West Virginia was a winnable game.
0: Uh, I think they're better than West Virginia. I really do. Uh, it, scoreboard didn't prove that, but I think given 40 more seconds and some better clock management, they probably win that game uh, late. Because uh, they were driving in that last possession and ran out of time. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, The thing is they got to get the – they have to win the turnover battle. They were negative two in the turnover battle last weekend against West Virginia. Um, Shout out to my brother, Kale for getting me a ticket to the game last week. I got to to be there live to watch that. Um, Carter Stanley did not look like he did against Boston College at all. And they did not get Puka Williams into space very well, in my opinion. It looked better in the second half. Yeah, it did in the first. Uh, They started to run a little more of the spread looks in the second half compared to the first half. Um, But, yeah, it all all starts with the quarterback play. Carter Stanley has to play like he did against Boston College um, if this team is going to be successful at all this year. He can't play like he did against Coastal Carolina. He can't play like he did in the first half of the West Virginia game. They've got to – yeah, he's got to step it up. Their defense has to step it up too. I don't know how many times – West Virginia ran that little uh, dump it off to a running back or tight end in the middle of the field, like a six-yard pass that would eventually go on for 12 or 15 more yards, and the defense couldn't stop it. So yeah. they've got to be more competent on the defensive side of the ball as well if they're going to have any success.
0: Yeah, you know, I, it, it looks to me like when I watch their offense that Les, Les Koenig, their uh, offensive coordinator, they're still getting used to his offensive uh, personnel, and so I I think that they're still adjusting to it. They've looked better in the uh, second halves in each of the last two weeks. They've got to get off to a better start. Um, they've obviously got to get off to a better start this week at TCU, or it's going to be a long Saturday because uh, TCU is better than West Virginia. Uh, they got to get off to a start where they can feel good and build some positive momentum right away. You can't go three and out in your first series. You can't give up a touchdown in your first uh, uh, defensive uh, series because West Virginia marched down the field immediately and scored uh, like it was Mm -hmm. happening. And and so they've got to get off to a better start in games as well as running more of those RPOs that they did against BC, throw BC off a little bit. Of course, you're not going to surprise anybody now by running those like they did BC, but it's their best, it's their best way to utilize the offensive weapons that they do have in my opinion. Uh, but I think it's very possible that they win a couple of big 12 games, man, I really do. Uh, they look competent, they look better. And uh, I'm excited about the future. It seems like it's bright if Les Miles can get some talented players into Lawrence.
1: Get Puka the ball. Yeah. T- at least 25, yeah. 25 times a game.
0: Not just getting the ball, getting the ball in space.
1: Yeah. Let's
0: work.
1: He had like I'm trying to think. I wanna say seventy five total yards against West Virginia, which is about a hundred less yards than he needs to have on a regular basis. I mean right. he can catch the ball out of the backfield, you just gotta get him in space.
0: Right.
1: But, do
0: you do you think that Saturday's winnable against TCU?
1: What's the line?
0: Uh they're they're underdogs by fifteen.
1: Oh, then no. Absolutely not.
0: They were underdogs at Boston College by 23.
1: They're not going to – no. No. It's not going to happen.
0: Okay.
1: I, I think the only two games that they have remaining that they have a chance to win are at, when they play Texas Tech and whoever they play on their bye week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> More optimistic than you, but I understand your uh, your, uh, your sentiments.
1: At uh, the be- at the beginning of the year, I would have said, I think they have a chance to beat K State, but I really think K State's for real. It uh,
0: pains K-State's- it
1: pains me to say that K State's legit.
0: Well, we got to find out. We got- I'm going to watch the game on Saturday on ESPN Plus. K State's one and zero. They really are. They Bowling Green and Nick, anybody in the Big Twelve could have beaten them fairly K- and-, and looked impressive doing it. Um, so K State's got one impressive win. If they go into Stillwater and just throttle the uh, the Cowboys this week in Stillwater, I'll be I'll be saying that too. But they're I'm five, gonna hold off until Saturday night.
1: They're five and a half point dogs. I don't know why you wouldn't pick K State and the points. But well, I
0: would pick the points.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Why would you not? Yeah. Five and a half. Give me five and a half. Are you kidding me? I think the cats have they won it outright. That's just me.
0: All right, man. Uh, we've done our co- we we did our rap uh, college football preview. So we're going to move on to our last topic, Chiefs and Lions. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. It is, <laughs> I, I, I said it. Hot, uh, hot, take, hot
1: take. alert. Hot take the, alert.
0: The, if you well, need to, if some... you need
1: to pull over your car <laughs> to catch your breath. Do so <laughs> there, right now.
0: There's some Denver fans that are still holding. Listen, I say that because I got some buddies from Newman that were – because I was saying it at the end of last year, that he's good, and they kept telling me, oh, to wa- wait till they have a year's worth of film. Wait till teams uh, uh, get more film on him, get a chance to watch film. He's going to regress. He's on to have a better year than he did last year. The dude's incredible, and he's doing it without his left tackle, without his best receiver – Uh, Without a a very good defense, dude is awesome. Okay, and now he's going into into Detroit, and he's going to throw for 600 yards in a dome and five touchdown passes.
1: Mark the tape right here. You heard it here first. Patrick Mahomes will be the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 6,000 yards.
0: You think he'll throw for 6,000 this year?
1: I don't think he'll throw it for this year, but by the end of his career, he'll have a 6,000-yard season.
0: He's unbelievable. And and here's the thing. Can you imagine how good he's going to be when they get Tyreek Hill back? It's oh.
1: going to be it's oh going to be incredible.
0: God. They're going to put up 45 on everybody. I
1: I was watching the the Raiders game at my in-laws and I know that wasn't last week's game, but the, the, the passes that come to mind are the the touchdown pass. the the one that comes to mind is the one he had to Demarcus Robinson. Um, that was on like a th- was a third and long, and there's like screw it, let's just go for the end zone. How, he throws it so effortlessly; it's just like he flicks his wrist, and it's forty yards down the field. Like he doesn't have to step into it and rear way back and just chuck it. It's just like – it's like me throwing a baseball five feet. That's Patrick Mahomes throwing a football 30 yards. Just boop. And he can just lay it on your hands. And it doesn't matter who it is. He he can lay it on Anthony Sherman's hands. He can lay it on Tyreek Hill's hands. He knows the speed of all his receivers. It's incredible. It, it's awesome. It, I mean, we've we've seen this before from other quarterbacks. It's just never been a Kansas City Chief.
0: No. Listen, I grew up with Elvis Gerbach, Okay.
1: Oh, you did? I didn't know you guys were from the same hometown.
0: That no. <laughs> that was my that's my first memory as a Chiefs fan is watching uh, watching Elvis Gerbach in his number eleven jersey before he switched to eighteen. Um. So I've, Impressive. I've had some, I've had some painful Chief memories at quarterback. Second best chief quarterback probably to pass at Mahomes has been Trent Green. So uh, it's been a tough ride, um, but the the guy is unbelievable. And Cam, uh, do you think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC? Uh,
1: I will say you got to beat the man to be the man. So it's going to be the New England Patriots until the Chiefs take them down.
0: Ooh, Miss Flair quote. Woo! Uh. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I agree with you. Uh going to be an entertaining game. I think they go to Foxborough. Um but but yeah, they're going to steamroll everybody until they get to that game. They're going to lose to somebody else too. I don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to get upset at some point. But he's going to go off this week. I they're hope gonna, so. And they're going to steamroll the Lions.
1: All right, here you go. little trivia for you before we end the show. Uh-huh. First time the uh, Chiefs played the Ravens ever. Elvis Gerbach was their quarterback. Who was the Baltimore Ravens quarterback?
0: Oh. Oh, gosh. His name's on the tip of my tongue. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. He played for the South, didn't he at one point?
1: Uh, Nope. Man. Nope.
0: No, that's not
1: it. Here, here's his teams. He played hand. for the Cardinals from 95 to 98. He was a Raven for a year. Detroit Lion for a year. And then he uh, went to the AFL. Arena Football League. Played for the Tampa Bay Storm and the San Jose Sabercats.
0: Oh my goodness. What are his initials? S-C- Where did he play college ball? New Mexico. None of these are helping me. <laughs> <laughs> what was his number?
1: Um, I can get that pulled up. Just a sec. He was number 10 for the Ravens, <laughs> You're uh, not going to get it. Stoney no, Case.
0: Stoney Case?
1: Yep. One of the all-time great football names. Stoney Case.
0: Well, uh, now we see why they drafted Ray Lewis with their first round pick, because they had no quarterback. Uh, So, man, it's been fun to have you back on. Uh, I was getting real bored doing it by myself. So, uh, good to have you back this week.
1: Thanks, Uh, man. It's good to be back.
0: And and, uh, congratulations on the uh, birth and health of your baby girl and my not-blood niece. Uh,
1: Stay away from my daughter.
0: Can, <laughs> uh, bite me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll see you guys next week.